It's only the only as the Tour Down Under goes to the end of the line. Bring back the cyclocross, you cry. It hasn't gone away, you know. And a treaty has been signed that will see flights from the UK to Rwanda after all in 2025. This plus Lotta Kapeki makes a mockery of all you've ever been taught about recovery. All on the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends Podcast, powered by Vivavelo.cc. Hi everybody, my name is Gary Fairley and it's Saturday the 20th of January 2024. Welcome to another Saturday supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast, powered by vivelovello.cc. It's a, it's a bit weird, isn't it? It's January, but there's been loads happening in the last week. Um, so it would be remiss not to start with the, the Tour de Under uh, women's race, which concluded last Sunday um, at Wollonga Hill. Um, three stages, three stage winners, uh, three race leaders but only one when it mattered the most. Uh, and the final stage was won by AG Insurance Sudal's Sarah Gigante, um, bookending what was already a very good race for the Belgian outfit in its first race as a Women's World Tour team, um, as Ali Wollaston uh, took the sprint on the opening stage, which we spoke about on last week's show. Um, obviously, I jinxed stage two winner Cecilia Utrecht-Ludwig, um, having carelessly tipped her to win on Wollonga Hill last week. Um, and she faded on the day, uh, on the final stage, uh, to finish over a minute back. Um, the talking point on Sunday obviously was the the delight um, at what was a first women's world tour win for Sarah Gigante, uh, Gigante whose who's career to date has really been blighted by injury, multiple bla- breaks at Flesh Wallone in 2021. I think she actually broke both arms as a junior, um, which yeah, just is nasty. Um, and the, the, and the run up, up, up to Flesh was a, a season just blighted by COVID. Um, as well um, and it pretty much overshadowed um, things after her 2019 national championship victory the, the Australian national championship I should have said um, when she sold to victory aged only 18 ahead of the likes of Amanda Spratt Sarah Roy um, and after returning from her injuries from Flesh Wallone um, she began to suffer from chest pains which were subsequently diagnosed as a myopericarditis or to you and I inflammation of the heart muscle itself and the surrounding sac the pericardium there you go welcome to the the medical supplement um which is pretty grim basically um she spent two seasons with typical silicon valley bank and then joined movistar in 2022 for what should have been um a four-year contract um but both parties, uh, I think, were grown up um, at the end of last season um, and agreed to part ways just because things weren't working out through, you know, no particular fault of Sarah's. And I think her statement um, afterward, and she was talking after the, the tour down under, was that it was it was very much mutual and agreed that it, it was better for all if um, to, to let her go. Um, if you put it into perspective, Sarah only raced 24 days uh, in two seasons. Um, which is not ideal, um, and she spoke about the difficulty of actually getting picked um, to race for a, a team that really had an embarrassment of riches um, in the climbing department, and particularly last season, if you look at it, um, and a team that was you know built largely around Annemiek van Vleuten. Um, so brilliant to see um, Sarah Giganti back at the sharp end um, and showing and uh, delivering that promise that, that she's shown. Um on the stage itself, she attacked from the foot of Olunga Hill, taking a group of a dozen or so riders with her. Um, and the group briefly containing uh, Cecily Utrecht-Ludwig um, before she faded, as I mentioned before. Um, 
but she had 16 seconds on D- DSM Firmary Post NL's Ninkavinka, what a great name, um, and the chaser um, Canyon Slams Neve Bradbury. Um, and actually, the podium on stage three became the podium for the race itself, um, with Gigante um, winning uh, the race 20 seconds behind was uh, was Vinka. Uh, Neve Bradbury was 33 seconds adrift um, on GC. Um, it's It was a great race. Um, entertaining, it was sunny, I was talking about this last week, um, and just showing, you know, women's racing at its, you know, it wasn't the sharpest end, as I said, um, you know, SD Works and Movistar, for example, weren't there, there was no Roland, um, but it was just good to see um, quality racing, um, you know, in January, um, and the only complaint would be, and it's proof again, if ever it was needed, that we need more stages in women's stage racing. Now the blokes race kicked off on Tuesday um, and we saw we already seen a hat-trick of wins for Bora Hansgrohe's Sam Wellsford uh, who won the opening stage and then tripling up on stages three and four. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's a, a hilarious Red Bull gag to be had here um, but since the, their bid for a 51% stake in the team is yet to be ratified uh, I'm going to save that for another episode. Um, the big talking point or at least it was as I wrote my notes during the week my, the big talking point was going to be that the then race leader Isaac De Toro um, of Team UAE Emirates whose attack on stage 2 caught the peloton napping um, and he held them off for his first ever pro win um, there's already been lots of talk about uh, you know, him being the next big thing um, in a sport that actually is already pretty much chock full of big things um, although not after 4 hours in the saddle it's not or, or maybe that's just me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the 20-year-old's win was actually Mexico's first win at this level since Julio Alberto Perez uh, took two stages of the Giro d'Italia and the King of the Mountains jersey in 2022. Uh, sorry, in 2002. Um Fun fact, Perez was actually racing for Italian Pro Conti team uh, Ceramica Panaria Fiordo, um, which was actually an earlier incarnation of what we now know and love as Bardiani CSF. There you go. Um, The win for Del Toro isn't that much of a surprise, and as much as he swept the jerseys um, at last season's Tour de l'Avenir, although I I actually laughed out loud when I was checking this out, when I saw that the the, the jerseys at the Tour de l'Avenir actually includes a best young rider, Um, so best small child competition or something. other fun fact is that at 20 years and 51 days, Del Toro isn't even close to being the youngest rider to win a World Tour race, um, and that's a record that's shared jointly by, well, none other than Remco Evnepoel, um and Joshua Tarling, who are 19 years and 190 days when they opened their accounts. Um, so we won't be talking about uh, Isaac as uh, El Patron for uh, any time soon. Um, this, uh, and if... If Del Toro's win provided the feel-good story of Stage 3, um, Aussie national champion Luke Plapp's crash was probably the horror story um, of the week. Um, maybe not so much the incident itself, although that was a bit of a fun ball involving um, a good half-dozen or so riders on a crash and a fast descent um, with about 10 kilometres to go with the Stana, Visma, Lisa, Dwight riders, FDJ riders in there as well. And actually, it was FDJ's Rudy Mollard who actually uh, uh, withdrew from the race due to concussion. 
Um, but the images that sh- followed the the crash of uh, of Plap's shredded kit and, and worse his shredded flesh um, were not exactly breakfast time viewing um, in the northern hemisphere. Um, perhaps unsur- unsurprisingly, he was DNS in stage four, um, and Jaco Alula's plans for a clean sweep of the stages and GC obviously similarly in tatters. Now today um, we were greeted with the news that. Uh, DSM Firmenich post NL's Oscar Only, Only the Only, um, taking his debut World Tour win um, ahead of Israel Premier Tech Stephen Williams, um, and a you know a race that uh, you know, we now have two British riders leading leading GC, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, Oscar Only, um, you may remember him from the 2023 Vuelta a España. Um, I think that was his World Tour debut, wasn't it? Um, so he's, he's a winner in as much as he, he, they won the uh, the opening team time trial, but that doesn't count in pro cycling stats. Um, and it was a race that you could probably forget because he crashed out with a broken collarbone in stage two at the Vuelta. However, um, a, a debut World Tour or a, an opening World Tour win at the age of 21 years and 99 days so yeah he's not even close to the to the other guys um he's from kelso in the scottish borders a a, a, a former member of kelso wheelers no less um i don't know if you you'd get roasted the first time you turn up at a scottish club and say what's your name it's oscar um but probably the borders is the only place you would get away with that um you, you don't want to be turning up in glasgow or something and t- introducing yourself as oscar um but uh a, a great a great first World Tour win for, I almost said the lads, I'm, I'm kind of acutely aware of my advancing years um, this week, uh, where one of the guys at the work was complaining he was about to turn 21, um, which was only 30 years younger than me, uh, and the oldest guy in the office at the time was only 20 years younger than me, so this plus, you may have hear it in my voice, a little fluish, pray for Gary, hashtag, um, yeah, I'm kind of feeling it just now, um, Julian Philippe. Uh, was in the mix at the end of the the stage five um, to uh, <laughs> Wall- Wollongong Hill, the, the, the two ascents, um, completely forgetting the, the location of stage five, Gary, where was that? Um, and he would, you know, the last kilometre or so, really in the mix, and, and sprinted for what looked like the wrong line. I don't know if he was confused by the fact there was a white line in the road and lots of Wollongong Hill, um, you know, artwork, as was I watching it um, on catch-up. Um, but he subsequently finished um, about 13 seconds adrift. Uh, so the race goes to the wire um, tomorrow, Sunday, um, with 128 stage from um, only to, to Mount Lofty, um, which is a circuit which involves three ascents of this Cat 1 climb. Um, there are about 25 seconds separate the, the top 10. Um, Stephen Williams leads the race on countback from only their tied um, on time. Ineos Grenadiers, uh, Jonathan Nar- Narvaez um, is five seconds off the lead, as is um, Isaac Del Toro, um, the, the, the previous race winner. So it's going to be an absolute blinder, I think, the three ascents of Mount Lofty. Um, as I said last week, I think the clue is in the name. Um, so it's it's going to be a tough old day out for the riders. Um, but I really can't wait to see how this year's Tour Down Under um, home, whatever you want to call it, um, concludes. 
Now, the European Track Championships uh, held in Appledore in the Netherlands concluded last Sunday. Um, as we were talking, a lot of medals had been decided. Um, Saturday evening, uh, last weekend, saw Cycling Legends Rider of the Year, Lotta Capecchi, win the women's point race before having fully seven minutes to warm down and then warm back up uh, before lining up for the elimination race, which she uh, she duly won. Um, so she's added double Euro to double rainbows uh, and... You know, I just wonder what are, what are the bets on her adding Olympic medals to that tally come um, August. Um, yeah, I think the the odds are are fairly fairly good. Um, Harry Lavresen um, added his eleventh European title the same evening in the match sprint, and um, before adding his twelfth on Sunday, basically killing everybody in the men's queue. I mean, he he could have had time to sit up and and celebrate, and he he kind of did to a point. Um, other notables from the track, uh, Ethan Hater added the Omnium title to his Team Pursuit gold. Um, gold for Denmark in the men's scratch race with Nicholas Larson edging out Spain's Sebastian Mora. Um, Great Britain's Katie Marchant took gold in the 500 metres time trial. Um, the first British woman to do so, an event that she actually first raced back um, when it made its debut at the Euros in 2014. There you go, these are the facts. Um, another one for Great, Great Britain on the women's individual pursuit, or in the individual pursuits rather, when Josie Knight beat Germany's Franziska Brausa um, in a race that uh, Anna Morris of GB took the bronze. Um, the women's Kieran, who else? Uh, Germany's Leah Sophie Friedrich um, killed everything. Um, They're just, uh, just an impressive rider, isn't she? Um, and the women's Madison was won by the French pairing of Valentine Fortin and Marion Boras, beating this Belgian duo, uh, Catherine de Klerk and a certain Lotta Kopecky. Um, and other names you'll recognise, obviously Italy's Elisa Balsamo and Vittoria Guazzini um, took the, the bronze medal. Um, if you're interested in medal tables and flag-waving, yeah, look it up. It's been a whole fortnight since we've had World Cup cyclocross, hasn't it? Um, but it, it hasn't it hasn't exactly been dull in the cross stakes. Last weekend was Nationals weekend. Um, so there'll be a few new jumpers on display in Benidorm tomorrow um, for the World Cup. So, very briefly, who won what? Um, let's start 20 minutes along the road from me on the M9 motorway for, uh, at Callender Park in Falkirk. Uh, Cam Mason retained his national champions title for, uh, for Great Britain um, and Zoe, with Zoe Backstead opted not to defend her title. Um, it was Mason Cyclocross Reds teammate Anna Kay um, who's going to be wearing the uh, national champions bands on the women's circuit um, for the next 12 months. In Belgium Krillin Corrand and Sana Kant took an incredible 15th elite women's title at Moolebeke uh, on Saturday um, and the following afternoon men's world cup series leader Paul Salzen bingo rider Elizabeth took the honours and um, promptly showing off his new colours as did Sarah Kant um, at Utrecht uh, the following day so there you go uh, in the Netherlands Joris Neuenhaus uh, took his first Dutch elite title he added adding this to two under 23 jerseys that he's already won um, but I think the story of last weekend in the Netherlands was Lucinda Brand uh, doing the business in the women's race, still sporting the black eyes and obviously the broken nose um, from the previous weekend's face plant in the World Cup at Zonhoven. Um, properly chuffed, tr- tr- uh, must really be ill. Properly chuffed uh, for the trick, Balwaza Lions uh, rider bagging what was her third national title. Um, in Spain, it was five in a row for Lupe Orts. Um, and Lucia Gonzalez. Um, it was actually six in total for Lucia, um, who won her first in 2013. So there's the, there you go, all the news that's fit to print. Um, 
and so to Benidorm on Sunday for the penultimate round of the UCI Cyclocross World Cup. Celindo Carmen Alvarado takes a 52-point series lead to Spain, uh, having sat out uh, Zonhoven. Uh, Puck Peterson has won the last three on the bounce, um, and with 40 points for a win, um, I think Alvarado's got a fight in her hands. Um, my brain is too addled, really, to work out the math, but I think Alvarado really is going to have to make sure she's on or near the podium for the next two Sundays to take the title overall. Um, she was second in 2020 and in 2020. 2021 in the overall standings so yeah um look i think she'll be be keen to 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 best that um in the men's competition it's very much squeaky bum time and there's only 40 points separate the top four led by newly belgian newly crowned belgian champ uh elizabeth with newly crowned dutch champion yori newenhouse only 25 seconds back pim rohar is 10 seconds behind him and lars van der haar only another five points further adrift um so that's going to be properly down to the wire um, in the men's race um, and of course the spanner in the works here is that it's unlikely that any of the top four are going to have, take top honours in any of the races if Matthew Vanderpool's current form is anything to go by um, he's won by some distance each of the previous four rounds um, and I expect then that the series battlers just to let him go and do his thing um, before settling down to knock the crap out of each other over you know, the next hour. Um, or maybe we'll be in for a surprise. Who knows? Um, if you can't wait until Sunday for your fix, there's also Exact Cross from Zonabaker uh, today, which is on Discovery+. Plus. Um, what else is coming up this weekend? Well, the road racing continues. The Women's Challenge Mallorca uh, starts today. Mallorca, strangely enough. Um, three one-day races make up this series. It's, it's odd, because you you know, there's no GC as such, but it's a series of three one-day races where teams can swap their, their riders in and out as they see fit. Um, and the, the men's race starts on Wednesday, concluding next Sunday. Um, so yeah, you'll get your fix of that on uh, Discovery Plus as well. You're listening to the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast, powered by vivlavello.cc. You can get in touch with us at the show. Email us cyclinglegendspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on the socials on X, formerly known as Twitter, at cyclinglegends1, or you can chat with me at the Gary Fairley on X, on Instagram, and on threads as well, which where there's a kind of growing cycling community. Um, so, wrapping up this week, um, as many of you will know, um, Rwanda is going to be the first African nation to host the UCI Road World Championships in 2025. Um, last week, the country's cycling federation appointed ASO and Galazzo um, as the organisers. Um, Galazzo is a Belgian company that already organises and runs the Balwaza Belgium Tour, the Renui Tour as won by Joshua Tarling, of whom we were speaking earlier, um, and the Exact Cross Cyclocross Series. Um, it's also got a hand in the UCI Gravel World Series, the bunch of hipsters that they are. Um, the ASO, that's just some French company, isn't it, that apparently organises and runs events such as mm, the Tour de France, both Songs and Avec Zwift, um, and also the Vuelta a España, and Paris-Dakar. I never knew that. Um, we've known about the location of the the event for a while now but I think the agreement signed with the, the three partners gives us a good idea and some solace that I think that it's going to be a well organised well run um, and hopefully a successful eight day event um, for cycling and for the for the continent um, 
Of course, Rwanda continues to be one of the world's most notorious um, human rights abusers um, and following the 1994 genocide, the, the government speaking diplomatically seems to be somewhat resistant to criticism or openness um, and it really should have been I, I think um, a beacon of hope um, casting my mind back 30 years um, give a, a book called We Wish to Inform You That Tomorrow We Will Be Killed With Our Families um, by American writer Philip Gurevich um, to just try and get your head around the horrors that the country faced and emerged from um in the late 1990s um and in terms of african cycling we've you know we've seen glimmers um and you know Binyam germain was at the sharp end of the, uh, the tour down under as we speak um but also you know check out tim ellis's uh, land the second chances which is about um team rwanda and um trying to um bring some some light after the darkness um can can sport you know we always say oh well we need to you know pariah countries don't you know you don't go there um and in doing so and, and i get that and yes but you know boycott nations for many things um but if we deny countries sport or the people in those countries you know international sport um and shining a light on what you know can be um do we deny them that you know are, are, are we doing more damage um, in the long term? I don't know. Can can sport heal um, at a political level? Um, I hope and I doubt in equal measure. Um, should cycling be in bed with despots and dictators? Well, um, <laughs> you know, it already is. And, you know, the Super Worlds were held in Britain last year, weren't they? Um, but continuing my flippant note on a serious and complex global issue, um, the present UK government can at least take comfort in the knowledge that one day an aeroplane will leave the UK for Kigali, um, but the passengers will all be wearing British cycling tracksuits. And on that bombshell, this has been the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast, powered by vivlavello.cc. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday with the Feed Zone on the Premium Feed. But in the meantime, I hope you have a great week. I hope you enjoy the racing. And I'll speak to you again next Saturday on the Saturday Supplement.